Hey, buddy. What's up? Hey, Tom. What's going on? I'm going to see you in the office anytime soon. Uh, not that soon. I'm, uh -huh, I'm uh -huh. actually driving. What's your ETA? Uh, about 12 hours. I'm, I'm, I'm in Canada. Excuse me? Canada? Canada with the health care and the ennui? Why is that, cocksock? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm driving my grandpa down for Thanksgiving. Oh, Greg, fuck your grandpa. You, okay, you're on, you're on speakerphone, Tom. Well, I shouldn't be, Greg. Carol fucking bastard, fucking bitch. You wanna know how I turn gay? Carol fucking bastard, you fucking bitch. Wanna know why I'm a fertile? Carol fucking bastard. Wanna know why my boots are healed? I'm a lime scale? Fuck you, Carol bastard. Stick a builder up your fucking mind, fucking ass. Fuck you. Alright, everybody, welcome into another quarantine edition of the not that quarantine is really affecting our ability to record um but nevertheless uh we're gonna get a little quick uh update on uh, what we're streaming um going forward this is pretty much a uh, give it a stream pod but um uh focusing on succession i know we're kind of bit behind the behind the times here bob but uh you know we're using this time to catch up on some uh uh, some of the more popular shows out there, uh, Succession being one of them. Yeah, um, Hayes, yeah. I heard you swallowed your own load, is that correct? <laughs> no, well, I uh, I had a, a stripper that I slept with feed it back to me. Um, yeah, it's a thing, so... right? That's a thing that's happening? <laughs> yeah, although my thing is more uh, lactating strippers, and I kind of uh, <laughs> ingest their breast milk. True story. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> swallowing my own load. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But either way. And uh, we've lost the audience. Uh, 90 right, seconds so in. Successions, season one and two. Uh, whoever's seen this all the way through, full spoilers. Um, yeah, we're, uh, just kind of checking in on, uh, on on what's worth streaming out there. Um, Succession was one that we kind of highlighted. Uh, it was it was brought to me as the best thing going on on TV right now, as most HBO shows are. Well, it's the new it. HBO flagship. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you know, Westworld is back for season three. I'm gonna pass on that uh, personally, uh, just because season two was such a mess. And Aaron Paul's in it, and it's you know, it, now it's in LA. It's like Blade Runner uh, esque. Um, people are like, you gotta watch it. Or blah blah blah. You know, Aaron Paul's in it. It's it's kind of it's found its way I, I don't know i don't really buy it and um i, I kind of i've had enough of that show so that's their flagship and then succession's not really in production right now or i, I don't know when we'll see a, set, a third season but that's kind of the best thing they got currently yeah uh, euphoria was hyped um you know hbo's always got like the most talked about stuff really although uh tiger king has to be said the most talked about thing in yeah, we kind of briefly touched on it uh, last week, but uh, yeah, what uh, you? Let's start off with that. Actually, you you uh, you you pounded out Tiger King. What did you think? Yeah, so Tiger King is frustrating to me um, because I can I can see it being pitched to Netflix as Honey Boo Boo meets Making a Murderer. Yeah, and yeah, which I understand is like you're you're like just American viewing behavior has proven that like people love murder mysteries murder mystery podcasts are huge like people can't honestly get enough of it and they love that kind of and they always have for a long time love that down and dirty like 
podunk, like, make you feel better about yourself by watching these terrible people, like, like shows like Maury and, and shows like Honey Boo Boo and, and Duck Dynasty and, and, and stuff like that. Like, people love that kind of, like, wow, look at these insane hillbillies. I feel a lot better about my lifestyle. Yeah, and right. I really just think, in general, it it concerns me that that has taken the country so, by like gripped the country by storm and like that's what's getting passed around and shared as must-see tv uh, and... although i mean you mentioned the other one you know making a murderer was was equally talked about like all these these murder mysteries come out you know the uh the what's that the jackal or you know, or what was that called um well, whatever. Whenever there's like these murder mysteries, it's the most talked about thing for a week or so. Um, and this was no different. And uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to bag on this on the show. I'm certainly not that um, uh, pompous enough to be like, oh, you know, just because it's popular, I'm going to rag on it. I gave it three episodes, and I was like, yeah, I get the gist of this. Uh, yeah, it's insane. They're crazy, but they're you know they're these. Florida Hicks raising tigers. I I don't I didn't need to see more than that. It was like you gotta keep well, going. It gets so nuts. I was like I I don't I got it. I get it. Yeah, and it, it masquerades as activism at the end, and I think that's the part that is just so disingenuous to me, and it it frustrates me is that at the end they're like, there's ten thousand tigers in Africa free, and there's forty thousand in captivity in North America alone, and they try to they try to gloss this activism veil over this and it's like yeah but you spent six and a half hours of your seven hour documentary focusing on did this woman kill her husband these people are crazy this guy went to jail and very little in terms of like actual activism towards the animals and it was very much this infighting between these three different tiger empires and and i just think yeah you know they they know where the bread is buttered right they know where the audience is going to gravitate towards and so when you look at your social media right now it's not man we need to help out these tigers it's joe exotic t-shirts and memes and people are dressing up like it's not even halloween and people are already like wearing joe exotic costumes and it's like there was no uh, activism masks yeah this isn't the cove like people this isn't blackfish like people when blackfish came out People boycotted SeaWorld. Like, that hurt SeaWorld's bottom line. If anything... I love, I love call-to-arm documentaries. Like, like the ones that are so gripping. You're like, I have to do something. Yeah, and also, like, I love, like, the planet Earth and, and life and all that stuff is really fascinating. And then, like, The Cove and Blackfish, perfect examples of, like, those are interesting documentaries. Free Solo. Uh, someone was like, this is the most interesting documentary I've ever seen, talking about Tiger King. I was like, how is that possible? Are you insane? Yeah. And that's the problem, Matt. That's the problem is that they know that if they make that documentary, The Cove might win Oscars, but it's not going to get views. Like, American audiences don't, they're not drawn to that type of documentary. They're drawn to Tiger King. Like, Tiger King is going to have infinitely more watches than than Blackfish will. And that's that's really sad. Honestly, yeah. and I'm not trying well, to sound yeah, like an elitist, but like that's like that's shitty to me, and it makes me feel shitty when I watch it. Um, I mean, within or I mean, in retrospect or, or um, putting it in perspective, Blackfish did have a lot of eyeballs on that, and it actually uh, it's one of the most impactful documentaries to come out in you know the past few decades. Uh, but when compared to like the number one thing on Netflix uh, in probably the world, um, 
it, yeah. it's it's minuscule. Um, Blackfish isn't but, memeable. Blackfish, you can't make a fucking tw- uh, Twitter post on, and or yeah. at least a fun one. And so people, I mean, and people are having fun, which is really like but, I I shouldn't be sitting here shitting on. If people are having fun, yeah. they're having fun, which is, a, is which is a good thing. But yeah, far just, far be it to me to spoil anyone's fun during during this, especially. It's like yeah, fine. You know, if if you want to jump on the bandwagon of like all the millions of jokes that are out there, if you want to be the next guy dressing up as tiger exotic and you're like can you believe that his two husbands were straight i was like no. does this honestly surprise people these this is florida yeah. this is oklahoma like yeah these people ser- are these people are terrible people and yeah he's prying on like uh, ex-cons and and meth addicts and that's who runs his his zoo and it's i mean these people are really bad and i honestly think matt instead of bringing activism and shutting these people down, it's going to make them more popular. Like once, oh, this, once yeah. this coronavirus lifts, more people are going to visit Carol Baskin's fucking tiger rescue than ever before. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, Shaq did have to make a comment where he was like, you know, I actually stopped going there, and he was kind of embarrassed by his appearance Good. Uh, associating with these people. Uh, I think Joe Exotic has had to come out with a statement saying like, yeah, I'm embarrassed for myself and all this. Um, you know, because now now they're they're it's a carnival act. They're 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 freaks that I I just don't understand the the fun in um, the lowest common denominator. Like if the whole country is is making jokes, it's it's not really it's not funny anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway. I, I I could see Soap I could see where down. that sounds like. Yeah, I, I mean, I tell I totally get the thing where it's like. Oh, you're just bagging on it because it's popular. You know, it's like you know, it's like the guy that's the last to see 1917. He's like, "What's the big deal?" When everyone's mm-hmm. been like swinging on its balls for a month, and like this is the best picture. Like, I kind of get the. Uh, I mean, that's why I try to see things as early as possible, so I'm not like the hype is so great that it you know it better blow me away. Like I, I guess I don't really let that stuff affect me too much. But but with this, I I mean, I just. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of uh, tapped out after three three episodes. Yeah, I just think don't don't call it activism. Like I just I, I was in a debate recently with somebody and they were like like oh there's like a lot of you know all these people are watching it and they're gonna you know it's just it's like bringing awareness to a problem. I'm like no one's talking about the cats. Like do, do not say that this is activism. And so I don't know. I for me it's just it it's just concerning that. That type of that type of entertainment is the is what most Americans want to watch. But anyway, let's talk about some entertainment that that people should be watching, which is Succession. Prestige drama. Um, <laughs> That's what, where everyone should be. Yeah. What? What? So what? What's your Twitter post uh, review? Uh, I just so Hayes, you said that you wish you were in on things earlier. This might be the the show, the popular show that I got in earliest on because I started watching it when season one was out. So, oh, but but you've only recently caught caught up with season season two, two exactly. Uh, I took HBO how, how down come, for a while. Um, how come? You, how come? Why the break? I I just took HBO off for a while off of my subscriptions that I pay for oh, because there okay. was just such a big gap after Barry had ended where with stuff I was interested in seeing. Um, and um so but I, I i recently got back in and i really think season one was nice and like even when it was like breaking bad i think i got in and like caught up it was it was on season three but i caught up uh, uh i think i it was, 
Sopranos was well into its run by the time I got caught up on that. This is like the this is the show that I got in kind of in season one, and now I feel like I was on that band, that popular band that uh, blows up, but I was there first kind of thing. But yeah, um, sure. I think season one was nice, and it was like good TV. In season two, you're like, oh, this is the best show on television. Season two is definitely elevating to another level, and I I'm really pumped up about it because just. Simply put, it's just a really well-written show with great actors and people in a room just having dialogue with each other. And it's it's just completely compelling. And it shows that you don't need all the bells and whistles of something like Westworld to make compelling drama. It's actually simplest when it's just great dialogue and great people uh, executing the dialogue. Yeah, well, they definitely try to build it up into be like, you know, mirroring uh, Shakespearean... <laughs> Greek, it's like Greek tragedy, you know. I mean, the score—it's all very highlighted and or heightened, and everything's super serious, and it's all you know these combatants going to war, uh, and it, it's 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 very Shakespearean. It's like Macbeth. It's like I yeah. mean, these people are fighting over empires um, with with every little meeting and sit down and and uh, champagne fueled uh, glamorous evening. I which has to be said. I feel like every single scene is some guy walking in and grabbing a flute of champagne. Yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta get the flute. Well, I think that's really interesting that you say that, Matt, because a lot of the actors that they've cast are from the stage. Like Brian yeah. Cox is a famous Scottish uh, Shakespearean actor. You've seen Kieran Culkin in a show on on the stage. Yeah, this uh, is our youth. Jeremy there Strong you. is a Chicago base. He's actually Steppenwolf and Goodman ensemble member. So they they've got is that a true? Of, is yeah. he serious? Yeah, oh, Jeremy Strong. That. He's a Steppenwolf ensemble member. I've never started... seen him in a. St- I've never seen him in a Steppenwolf show. Yeah. Um, he's the best part of the show, I think. I mean, Brian Cox kind of carries it, but he, that character is so you know set. It, there's not much of a journey there. Uh, the the Kendall character has become very interesting. Where he's had these failed coup attempts. Um, he, he's con- constantly beat back down into like this this little whimpering puppy and um, just uh, the ebbs and flows of that character are yeah. interesting and I, I know that you you know season two kind of took off for you I was kind of it was kind of waning for me but until that final moment I was like fucking finally like somebody yeah. somebody grows some balls I'm so sick of all these like rich whiny the, the like oh I want to be CEO but I was like so sick of that narrative I was like I mean I think I'm done with this uh, now and and then that final moment in in the the season two finale happened I was like fuck yeah okay finally like I've been waiting for this moment for a season it's so good because if you think about Matt that arc with Kendall he that first episode they pull him out of the rehab pool and he's got to go in front of the TV and he's basically off of note cards reading word for word the press release that his dad has written for him. He's totally vulnerable. He's totally he's just a huge bitch. He's just in his dad's pocket the whole season like yeah cuz my dad told me to and yeah cuz my dad and dad does this and and dad's right. And all season long he's just shoveling his dad's shit. So to, to contrast that with the end of the season and his dad challenging him and saying, you're not like, getting this because you're not, you don't have the killer instinct. And for yeah, him to never a killer. straight up rip up the note cards, that's just, a, that's just a perfect character arc, right? Between reading off of note cards, everything my dad's telling me versus ripping it up and saying, fuck you, I'm burning you down. But I, I think that Logan 
wanted him to do that. I think he was baited into doing that without even knowing it because Logan knew that he needed to go. Like when those when those shareholders mm-hmm. were saying it's got to be you, he knew he needed to go, but he would never get consensus from that group. So he knew by planting that in Kendall, Kendall would burn him down the right way to where he could kind of masterfully get out of that CEO role. Yeah, and also he could maybe and I think he was kind of pressuring Kendall to become the man maybe he he always knew he could be or the, the smirk in his face at the, on the, you know so as good. Watching. it was that great was so good and, and you you don't know if it's like a oh fuck this guy okay game on or is it like yes this is exactly how i wanted it my son is finally becoming a man like it it played both at once it was so yeah. fascinating well if you watch uh, him throughout the season like when when things are going down and they're they're showing you i think it's i think that he's happy because they show you when the press isn't going his way throughout different parts of that season, he melts down. He says, fuck this, I'll fuck off, and he turns it off. There was there was this uh, moment earlier in, in, like, episode four or five when, like, bad press is going down, and he, like, won't even watch it. And he's like, I've got 30 people that I pay to watch this for me. I don't need to watch yeah. this bullshit. But then when Kendall's burning him down and the stakes are the highest, Shiv comes in and he he quiets her with his finger, and he and he's, like, watching it intently. And I think yeah. it's because he's like, oh, cool. Like, we finally... Th- this whole season, his arc is he's looking for a, a successor, someone to prove to be worthy, and and people keep constantly failing. And finally, he's been able to find the person who has all the qualities and, and has, like, sewn up their uh, inefficiencies. Yeah, what do you think the whole thing with Shiv was? Like, why, why offer it to her and then, like, immediately kind of play cat and mouse, like... Because he's challenging them. He's it's this everything is is constantly a test with them. So he wants to offer it to her to give her confidence to see if she can make the right moves at the right time. And obviously right. she like she fails. And I think there's so many great moments in this season, which I'm surprised you didn't connect to because there's a lot of can't look away moments. That Pierce dinner scene when it's like everyone's paired off and they each have someone that they've got to try to yeah. flip. No, that, that was, was really cool. That was really captivating. The uh, Argestis uh, uh, retreat and um, the the meltdown with the Pierce family. I thought that was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The DC Tom being like completely annihilated in Washington. I'm DC. such a loser. <laughs> They're all losers. God, I, I honestly, I really hate hearing hearing Culkin's character. Like, I'm just so yeah. annoyed by that guy. Like the dickless, fucking arrogant little piece of shit I, like what, what's a redeeming character about this guy he, he can't even get his dick up or but he talks this mad game i just well they so... give him all the best lines and he really you know so kieran colton is one of the more liked characters on the show and he actually got nominated for an emmy last year did he really yeah so like he's actually one of the most successful people on the show and i think he's working too hard yeah, you you can you can see the wheels cranking. I I've I haven't been paying attention to the Emmy count. So so he's the one that got nominated. I think Brian Cox won, and it won for writing. Um, season okay. two is going to clean up a lot more. I bet Kendall starts to take. I would assume Kendall takes the supporting character kind of praise away from Kieran Culkin this season. Um, but yeah, for for season one. Kieran Culkin was kind of the the guy everyone was acclaiming. What is so What is so great about that performance? I don't get it. This, I don't know. Because it's also something playboy. that's a character that me and you would have probably read for in a reading, and so 
siren for our acting career. So I think we're always looking at it with a more critical eye. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I kind of like how, uh, talk about Westworld, actually. It, it, he kind of becomes like this animatronic robot in season two. But it, it kind of works where he can kind of be this this bad guy. When he, oh, I, I actually really like that scene where he guts that company. He's like, my dad made me do it. And, he, and now he's like this cold, unfeeling machine who's just you know, uh, actually has some compassion and, and or not compassion, but um, a conviction. Uh, and he, 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 I'm so sick of his like, oh, oh, okay, dad, okay, dad. Oh, oh, uh, like his, his constant wavering uh, speech pattern. And then when, when he's kind of just like, he's got his balls cut off and just goes in there and like, like a machine, uh, almost like a Terminator. I thought it was kind of a cool change for that character. Yeah, his his journey, and he's had really big swings in each season. I honestly would consider him the main character of the show now. Yeah, even though yeah, Logan sure. gets the most screen time, I would. I just think there's there's so much more interesting happening and so much more volatility with with Kendall that yeah. I'm I'm just interested in. But both are really both characters are great. Are there any supporting characters that you're into? For we sure. About yeah. Tom. Uh, Tom and Greg. That that little. Uh, uh, double act, I think, plays really well. Can't make a Tomlin uh, without scrambled Gregs or broken Gregs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Just this fumbling loser, but but he gets to like rag on the the you know the biggest loser of the family, the, this this like wayward cousin. Can I <laughs> can I tell you my uh, hypothesis? Yes. Based on uh, the the poetics, I think that. At the end of this series, Greg will end up running the company. Yeah, if, I thought that was going to happen. Event like uh, I thought he was going to maybe nominate Greg for CEO. It is almost like a uh, not yet like like a canary in the in the mine sort of a thing. Like a but if you uh, if you look at the way they're setting him up, so he starts. You're, you're talking about arcs, right? This series, he starts homeless basically puking into a mascot's <laughs> outfit in a shitty amusement park and already what, what, in two was seasons was that part of the management training program uh yeah i think you have to like be a mascot for a certain amount of time and so he's getting his ass kicked by little kids he pukes in his fucking mask he gets yeah. fired and he's homeless and i think now you've already seen he's had senior roles in two sectors of this of this fucking company so far and I think as seasons go along, he's going to continue to move sector to sector. And by the end of it, you're going to be like, oh, he's had senior roles in almost every single sector that we've had. He's he's aligned through blood in the company. And he's also just morally the, the least compromised. Like everyone's going to end up having blood on their hands. And Greg's this kind of like fucking good guy. And he's even what probably he? going to be able to say like, hey, I like save these documents like for for wrongdoing like i i think in, in general like you're gonna see he's gonna be the ceo at the end of this well he's making all the right alliances right you know he um quietly he to yeah he told jerry about the info that tom told him and then he was able to secure copies of the documents which then tom made him burn but he was able to recover and give to kendall who's he's always had a good relationship with and he's you know kendall's bought him that that house whatever and he's that, also that got condo. recordings of tom yeah, although we never really see those recordings work, <laughs> um, yeah. but may maybe what we see is not what he actually acquired. It, it it seems to me, judging by the finale, 
that uh, he was able to maybe he had a backup document set because that's that's the firepower that Kendall's working with, right? The yeah. the documents that that show the sign off from uh, Logan. Yeah, so exactly. he must have he must have recovered them. I I mean, I I know he grabbed three papers out of the fire, um, but it must be more than that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'd have to assume. So yeah, they're definitely setting him up to like play a much r- larger role, uh, which is really funny to me. But do you remember Andy Greenwald's Twitter Twitter post about season one? It kind of went viral. No, nah. where um, it was like yeah, episodes one through three, eh. Uh, episodes four, hmm. Episode five, what? And episode six through eight, I'm getting a cousin Greg prison tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> which which I think must have been the uh, the episode where he 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 snorts all that coke, so Kendall uh, isn't able to. <laughs> yeah, so Kendall can't snort the coke. That's hilarious. Yeah, when Greg takes on a, a larger role, it's it is when the show kind of picks up. Um, Kind of funny. And he also looks like our friend Greg, and is kind of yeah. a, a doormat like our friend Greg is too. Yeah, so a lanky doormat <laughs> that's just harassed by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, Greg, Greg Sprinkles. Yeah. What are Greg Sprinkles? Yeah, shut up, rot! You did, Bill. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested. To, to see where it goes um, so real quick let's keep going down the line though so tom i fucking love tom's meltdowns yeah, i i, I love i pitch. love tom's spinouts uh i think just it's just uh and is you, you you love to hate him so yeah. so i'm a tom guy uh we've already i love said how i love how he Go ahead. he kind of he kind of grows grows this set when he's talking to you know he, you know he has the the human furniture he likes to shit talk Greg, and then when he's when he's around Shiv or Logan, he's like a complete opposite, like this sh- sniveling little worm of a yeah. man. It it completely cockled. You asked for an night. open relationship on our wedding night. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, she's trying his... to like get a threesome, and he's fucking worried. He's nervous, loser. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to perform <laughs> fucking yeah what a loser i also love i love how he's always checking in on the the arbitrary things that are status to him like uh hey why are they in a better panic room my panic room sucks why are they in a better panic room or just yeah, exactly. what kind of basket did i get nuts or champagne and he's always checking in on these these random just status claims he's just so fucking caught up in that <laughs> shit how about when he takes greg to dinner and they're having like endangered singing dove eggs and then they have to eat it with like a, like a, a napkin, napkin over their head <laughs> to hide the shame that was really oh songbirds yeah that's yeah songbirds and then he's got it yeah they go to they go get bottle service at a club and just to fucking like watch other people dance around i love the line he's like so so you go to the club so you can kind of stand away from the club uh is, is this is this just how it works yeah so good so good um and then yeah just just any of the other side characters uh i know like shiv like uh, she's his... she's coming on yeah she I, I i can only take her in small doses i mean really you know thick ass you know yeah. she's, she's real kinda, thick ass definitely he's packing mm. um i like um I... now you really sound like now you really sound like roman um i really like connor and the conheads yeah i ugh, god that that's just another loser i could do with less of oh man uh, no ferris bueller guy yeah i know um i thought maybe he would be funnier um based on like the previews i had seen and like his like cult for hire girlfriend um 
I don't. I just don't like watching these pathetic losers. Oh, uh, I love it. more than I have to. Okay. Anything else? Well, I support stat. You know, the Jerry's kind of a cool character. Uh, the fact that she feeds into uh, or fucks around with uh, Roman. Roman's weird fetish dominatrix shit is kind of cool. Um, Frank's always dependable guy there. Um, Keeps getting fired. The, how about that actress girlfriend uh, Kendall gets for a minute? Like this, this one of the greatest super psychosexual uh, experiences of, of of the modern era. Um, although you know you, you you did say awesome a lot. You said awesome dad. a lot. Yeah, to my dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, can you imagine having that kind of firepower to to fuck chicks? You'd be like, hey, uh, I like you. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you look it up on your phone? I'm sending you a car and uh, and a and a plane to Scotland. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes her leave her show in the middle of previews. Just terrible show with awful reviews. I like how he's trying to get. His, I like how Connor's trying to get his dad to to get him a, a couple of nice reviews to put on the poster. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this play that sucks, and he's he's losing half a million dollars a day a week. A week, week a week, yeah. How? What? Just for the, for rental space in Broadway? Is that is that apparently? Accurate? Yeah, no one I just, comes. I would love to see that guy completely fail. I think he's such a turd. Um, I I want the play to crash and burn. I want him to be penniless. Um, I'm just I I'm really having a six uh six satisfaction of that guy failing for some reason. His stupid president president campaign, where he's like talking about like not paying taxes. Yeah, I like I like uh, Roman's line where he's like, "So you're gonna go from doing nothing to most important job in the world? You want to try to like get something else in on your resume, maybe like CVS manager or something?" Before you try this out? <laughs> yeah, he man, they do give him a lot of good lines. They feed him all the best lines, man. All the best he's lines. Such a little weasel. I just kind of hate his body presence. Uh, I I think that that's the show, right? It's these people you you love to hate, right? They're, you're not really rooting rooting for anyone. Yeah, oh, I find myself rooting for Kendall, I guess, despite you know. Yeah, he, he definitely owns the fact that he's richer beyond all of our dreams, and the fact that these are real, you know, based on real people like the Murdochs, it, it, it kind of puts it, it, it kind of knocks you back into the real world. We're like, man, this is. I mean, I know this is a, an absurd version, but these are there are people like this out there. That well, that's Adam McKay's is, thing now, isn't it? And Adam McKay's an yeah. executive pro- producer with Will Ferrell, ironically. Right. But yeah, that's his thing is exposing these rich fucks, and he really seems to have a, a bordering succession on it, or a, a, a bordering obsession on it. Yeah. Just, just with Vice and and with Big Short, and now this, it's like, yeah, he really likes to turn his camera onto these types and and have people think about this and have th- think people think about the dirty politics and behaviors that these people do to achieve their empires do you uh do you think if um have you watched avenue five at all i have not um, yeah I, I i checked in on a few episodes and i was like i can't do it um but that's armando ianucci or whatever um guy that started veep um and, and, you know, one of my favorite characters from Silicon Valley uh, is on that show. And I was wondering if uh, if they would have cast him as... Because he's kind of like the Greg role. Um, if you've seen Veep, uh, and I'm, I can't I remember haven't. his name right now. Uh, but but, but the Jared in, uh, in, in Veep, or uh, Silicon Valley, the guy that plays, uh, you know, Richard's, like, little sidekick there. Um, I think it, that's kind of like... A, I was expecting more of like a Veep 
humor vibe. Yeah, uh, his name's Zachary Woods. He was also yeah, on The Zach Office. Woods, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, that's kind of that character, right? You kind of feel that similarity. I, I yeah, love the actor sure. playing Greg. Um, but that's kind of like their outlet for their kind of you know political satire humor character, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just like a farcical version of a real life counterpart. Yeah. Um, what do you think Will Ferrell's uh, uh, role in this is? Did, did he just lend his name or? Yeah, he's probably just he... a financier. Like exa- yeah. a producer generally means just a creative financial backer. I wonder if he has any say in any any jokes or. Because it's definitely not his. No, it's his, not his alley. His voice no. at all. Yeah. No, it's a really yeah. well written show. It won best writing. I assume it'll probably because this season's better than last season. I'm assuming it's going to win best writing again. And it really is. Veep's gone. Game of Thrones is gone. This is going to be the big thing that everybody is talking about for the next five or six years from HBO, I believe. Because I I, yeah, I don't I, I don't hear anybody talking about Westworld with with as much zeal. You you think this will uh, go on for as long as it's popular, or do you think they have like some sort of a playbook where it's like a three season arc? Or I don't know. If you had to, based on a realistic uh, timeline, would you say it's like a five or six season guy? I I don't think it's a twelve season thing. No, God no. Like, or a nine I mean, season thing. I just I don't think it's a bingeable show, and I've kind of been like watching one or two episodes a day, and it, it is it, it is a little exhausting to be in this world for that long, where it's like, man, just fucking fuck all these people, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. This these spineless, rich, spoiled, loser, disgusting, morally corrupt, like it's all it's all bad characteristics and. To, to, to be along with the ride with these characters, it, it, it is, you kind of need a break. I, th- I think it's it's much more of like a once a week sort of a, a show. And For so sure. now that I'm caught up, I'm kind of think I'll enjoy it more uh, to be able to watch it, you know, after last week tonight, for example. Yeah. Just like once a week, you kind of look forward to it. Some things that are really important in today's television is, is it bingeable and is it memeable? And this isn't really either of those things. Like there's not a lot of gifs out there on like a fucking roman line and yeah it's just it yeah. is kind of a tough hang to do for like half your day i think there could be though i mean the, there's the reaction shots and like the 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 barbed one-liners and like just like the constant like the yeah. the back and forth uh cut and thrust of debate that happens yeah. on the show uh and you know and stuff like it's very stylized in 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 little moments like the 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 bore on the floor scene was was based on um, I don't know if you watch these inside the episodes at the ends, but like they were talking about how Napoleon or um sorry Stalin used to do that with his like really? when he was purging the country and he would have have these parties and you know er- everyone was constant in fear of being like assassinated. Um, uh, I don't know if, if you watched the the death of Stalin that uh, like um, that British kind of political no. humor. There's just uh, so, there's some good allegory too. Like uh, Kendall literally shits the bed in in one of the seasons, yeah. and then right. I also like the fact that he's constantly called out by Rhea or by Logan for not being a killer, but he's the only person in the family that's actually killed somebody, like, right? Actually yeah. murdered somebody. So yeah, just some. So there's always just some clever writing as well too, and and to to take it back to my first point, I just love good dialogue 
good actors, put them in a room, and that's all you need. You don't need a ton of bells and whistles for me, uh, and I and I'll find compelling drama in that. So, I'm yeah. A fan. Well, yeah, it's definitely a compelling drama. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, um, excited to see uh, where it goes from here. Although I, it, it looks like they're kind of they're they're finding their zone, and now we get to see this big. It, it's kind of like the build up to a heavyweight fight. You know what I mean? It's like you know Wilder Fury. Finally, we have two heavyweights that we can like fucking like get excited for and this is what i've been waiting for for the show where it's like i want to see kendall grow some balls so we can go go to go toe to toe and that's kind of the best part about the show so i think they're finally built up to that and they, they've created a character that can actually withstand the logan roy character and now it's going to be really exciting let's go let's get put your nuts on the table and play the game let's play the game you've been uh, watching anything else uh, this was most of what I was watching. I also threw down a bunch of movies. I watched Interstellar last night. Um, nice I little Bottle cry. Shock. What was the other one? Bottle Shock. Um, I never made it through that one. It's like a poor man's sideways. It's very cheesy, but, uh, you know, Alan Rickman, R.I.P. Oh. Um, was a good one to put down. I've been reading a lot about wine and stuff. So that was, uh, that was kind of a fun one. Uh, Interstellar after that. I mean, I think Christopher Nolan films um, are just such great. I also watched Dunkirk a little while ago after reading a book on Churchill. Um, I, I think, like, in this time of, uh, you know, what what can we watch? Uh, how do we get the uh, theater experience at home? I think a Christopher Nolan film kind of fits the bill really well. Yeah, that's a really good call out. And, and it also just gets you primed up for the next thing he's got coming out in the summer. Tenet. Tenet. Yeah, who who the hell? I mean, nobody knows anything about it. It's such which a I love. Myth. Yeah, I, I mean that's impossible today. Yeah. Um, but it's just nobody knows what it is. I mean, the trailer came out. It was like a three minute trailer. I have no idea what's going on in it. I have no idea yeah. what. I I couldn't tell you a tagline. I. It's about a guy. There's a city involved. Like yeah, it's something like, with time travel. Something going on. But yeah, so bizarre. I I love that. Um, yeah. That guy just man, he always he's batting a thousand. I mean, oh, what's like a bad movie he's done? I Interstellar is probably my least favorite, but it's not bad. Yeah, I I actually really I've seen that movie three or four times now. Oh, it's yeah. so fascinating to me. It's like the science involved. It's so intricate and mind blowing. I the the images that they create, all the 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 science and math that is talked about is is kind of backed up with real you know, quantum physics, the, the research that went into it was absurd. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that, the ambition. I just didn't connect to the characters, so. Yeah. That's my... Um, well, what about you? What Anything else you're watching? Well, I uh, just finished The Contender, which is a book on Marlon Brando and his life. Oh, I, yeah. I've been talking to you about that. So I went back, and a couple of my rewatches were just Godfather 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I had watched On the Waterfront. Um, Great film. And uh, I'm kind of working through uh, some of Brando's filmography. So next up is very controversial movie, but uh, Last Tango in Paris. So I was gonna kind of check that out. Uh, just and maybe even just some of the ones like One Eyed Jacks that he he did that, that weren't as acclaimed. So yeah, I'm gonna um, gonna I, I've been doing a lot of Brandoing, which which has been pleasant as well as is watching Succession, Tiger King. And i uh, probably start Ozarks up here pretty soon. Yeah, season three just got released. That's going to be the, the the number one thing on Netflix. If it's not now, it will be very soon. Uh, Ozarks is great. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it's a really solid show. Um, I haven't dived into season three yet. but uh, Yeah, well, maybe we'll do that and we'll come back. 
Get after it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nice little palette. It's always nice to get a palette cleanse going with like you know the uh, the 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 Stone Cold classics on the on the waterfront is just such a great rewatch. So good, such a fucking good movie. Holds yeah. up for sure. Uh, God, you know the Godfather's obviously hold. It's just nice to be like, man, these movies are still awesome. And that's the. Um, let me bring it home with this, and this will be a nice character arc for our episode because that used to be the popular shit back in the day. Like in '72, when Godfather came out, it was already a best-selling book. People were hyped the same way that they get hyped over Tiger King now. They were hyped for Godfather, and they lined up to support that movie. And that movie made eighty-four million dollars in 1972. And yeah. That's why it's just to me, and I don't, I don't want to be too much old man on my lawn, but like now the thing that people are must see or must share is Tiger King, and it's like, how did we go from Godfather to Tiger King? I just well, that yeah, I mean, it's like guilty pleasures have kind of come out of the basement now, and ever everyone's like waving their flags for what should have been a uh, quietly enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, like the Real Housewives sort of a thing, like. Yeah, it's garbage, but, you know, you turn your brain off and you kind of enjoy it in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. And now everyone's, like, you know, uh, on social media just proclaiming their love for these batshit crazy shows yeah. about trash. I, guess, I just wish people were... People used to be excited about being enlightened or thinking or, like, educating themselves uh, or being part of, like, a philosophical conversation. Like, that used to be something... At least I, I didn't live at those times, but based on, like, that that, that was the most popular movie of that year... And just, like, now the most popular movies are so far from that. And it's, to me, it's just, like, it's it's the it's the behavior. And I think people just more are less interested in having uh, having thought when they watch their entertainment. They, they just want to go on the roller coaster, which is, it's it's their prior, their, their prior uh, priority prerogative. And uh, it's just a little different. I don't know, man. I mean, like, you know, Parasite won Best Picture. Succession is wildly successful. Uh, th- there's still plenty of, uh, of room for well, yeah, the, the prestige the, out there. The the war- the awards are always going to go to the prestige dramas, but I'm just talking about just the, natu- the, the national foot traffic towards something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, was the most successful movie Tantino's put out. You know, it, people are still getting out there and getting hyped for stuff that's original. Alright. But definitely not to that degree, I agree. Anyway, uh, well, let's cut it there and uh, let's uh, go watch some shit and come back and uh, give the people an update. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe, everybody. Have a safe, happy, and healthy rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Oh, here, kitty, kitty. Mama's got some treats for you. Taste.